Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast, yet another episode on this beautiful Tuesday, the penultimate day of March 2021, being the 30th of March. Tuesday evening, a little bit later than normal, around a couple of workshops today, so sitting here at approximately 7.13pm in the evening and uh, recording this podcast after running, as I said, a couple of workshops today. Just had some dinner, so I thought, uh, what better time before I get stuck into preparation for tomorrow? Uh, start recording some thoughts on another topic to consider, certainly from a leadership point of view, and hopefully this message will resonate with you, and certainly you can apply this to your team immediately, but also potentially pass on to your team as well when it comes to them thinking about their next step, and particularly if you've got people within your team who are looking at taking on some sort of leadership or influencing uh, strategy or role or opportunity in the short term, also preparing for the mid and long term opportunity as well. So I want to talk about leadership flexibility. And it's something we spoke about today in the workshops because we're into week two of a four-week program for this organization and, and working with them on with their leadership team to help them with their leadership strategies, their leadership uh, learning, but also their leadership growth. So today we talked about topics including emotional intelligence, trust, and also leadership flexibility. And if there's one thing, and this is a, an interesting conversation we had today, if there's one thing that stifles a leader's growth and therefore their effectiveness, but also the effectiveness of their team and by default, therefore, the business that they're in, it's the leader being one-dimensional and not, not necessarily having the flexibility to adjust their leadership style based on the context or based on the situation that lends itself to needing to change their style. Uh, they tend to treat everybody the same way. So it's almost like, well, I'm a, I'm a certain leader, therefore... The way I lead is X, Y, Z. Now, if you don't like that, then tough. You're going to have to adjust to my style. And we know that exceptional leaders don't do that. We know that exceptional leaders will look at the situation in front of them. They'll look at their team. They'll know their team intimately in terms of what makes them tick, what makes them motivated, why they do what they do, what they stand for, and all the things that go into really understanding the team at a really deep and intimate level. And then they'll adjust their style to suit that particular person because different people have different uh, communication styles, but also people learn differently. And so therefore, often the way that we support them as leaders needs to be different as well. So just just treating people the same way is, is a recipe for disaster. Unless, of course, you've got a whole team who are just like you, which is a completely different problem. And you've got a one-dimensional team, but with a completely different set of issues that we need to deal with. Now, here's what exceptional leaders do. They are literally chameleons. They will flex their style, and they have the ability to meet people, first of all, where they're at and be able to adjust their style to lead them effectively based on where they're at and specifically what their challenges are based on their current situation. So we actually started to delve into this leadership flexibility topic in a little bit of detail, and we introduced the concept of situational leadership. So if you've been around leadership for a while, you've probably heard of situational leadership. Uh, You might have even read it up. You might have actually done programs which... Uh, talks a lot about situational leadership. And it comes from a couple of guys called Paul Paul Hersey and Ken Blanchard, who developed this methodology, if you like, or the situational leadership model back in the 1970s. And it was based on the recognition that because people are different 
and will be at different levels, then we as leaders need to have the flexibility in order to more effectively lead and in order to more effectively extract the potential of our team. And it's essentially based on two dimensions that we need to consider. One is it's based on a level of competence or skill set that a particular person or a team, because you can apply this to a team base as well, not just individuals. So the first, I guess the first component or the first dimension is the is the competence, the knowledge and skill that people have. And the second dimension is their commitment. So what is their motivation levels and what is their level of confidence when it comes to performing the roles within the team, both individually but also collectively as a team. And so what you start to get is a couple of dimensions within that where you think about, okay, wherever the person is at in terms of their current situation around commitment uh, and their level of competence, what sort of support do does this person need? Because at any stage, everybody within the team is in some form of development mode. Now, whether it be they're a beginner who's just joined the team or whether they've been with the organization and been with the team for quite a while, they will be on their journey to some form of development. Now, some might think they've arrived and some might think, well, I can never move past being a beginner because I just don't have the opportunity or I don't have the aptitude or I just don't have the confidence, whatever the case might be. So this situational leadership model is a great one for all leaders to really think about and use as a guidepost in terms of, okay, where am I really strong at? So based on the understanding that I have of my team and based on my understanding of my own leadership credentials, my own leadership approach, how do I lead my team today and what are my gaps? This is equally applicable to us as leaders to think about, okay, where are my gaps? Where do I need some work in terms of competence? Where am I lacking potentially in levels of commitment, levels of motivation, and also levels of confidence? And so this is a great tool for us to lead upwards and provide some coaching and mentoring upwards in terms of what we need from our senior leaders in terms of the situation and the support that we need to further enhance our own development. So I thought it'd be great to just record some thoughts on on the situational leadership model. And for you as a leader, just really think about where you're sitting right now and where your strengths lie. And just think about for your team, do you have different people at different stages of development? And the answer to that is obviously yes, because it's a it's a pretty basic question. But the question to follow up that with is, am I dealing with those individuals differently based on where they situate, where they're situated on their level of development? And if the answer to that question is no, then it means we've got some gaps to fill and we've got some opportunities to get better. So it further enhances their own development and our own capabilities around developing our leadership muscle. And this is where leadership flexibility really comes into it. So if we talk about, first of all, the different, the four different styles or the four different areas, for, for example, that potentially people will sit in when it comes to their level of development. And it starts with somebody who is relatively high in terms of commitment. So their motivation levels are pretty high, but right now their competence levels or the skill and knowledge they have may not necessarily be at the level that it needs to be. And we call these guys the enthusiastic beginner. So it may be that somebody is brand new to the organization or they're brand new to your team. So they may have actually moved into your team and it's a promotion. And whilst they've got an appetite for development, they're, they're wanting to get better, right now they're not demonstrating the level of competency or the level of skill set required in order for them to be really outstanding in the role that they're coming into. And so this is what they classify as being a D1 or development level one where they're an enthusiastic beginner. As time goes on, and there's no real time frame in terms of specific numbers here, but it could be any anywhere from like two days, three days, maybe not that, that short, but it could out well be weeks, if not months. And in some cases, depending on the person and depending on the, the complexity of development required, it may actually take years. 
But the next level then from the enthusiastic beginner is somebody has actually started to develop a level of skill set. So their, their competence has potentially started to rise. Now, what happens is when we start to learn things for the first time, uh, it becomes almost, it's not so much that our, that our commitment reduces, but sometimes our level of confidence can reduce because we are trying things that often are outside our comfort zone. So the next level of development is becoming the disillusioned learner. Now, it's not so much that you are disillusioned, it's just that your level of confidence potentially is not where it needs to be. But through practice, you then move to the next level where you're starting to develop a high level of confidence and competence, but you're still a little bit cautious. So Blanchard considered that to be a D3, development level three. And then the final level, the highest level, is where you get to be a self-reliant achiever. And you think about these people, these people have high levels of commitment, confidence, but also high levels of skill set and competence. And this is where they're really self-reliant. They don't need to be necessarily looked over in terms of are they doing the right job. That they're, they're more empowered and people start, start to develop a level of independence around their thinking and they're more proactive in what they do. So they're the four levels of development that Blanchard labeled, if you like, uh, and where people are at in terms of any one team at any one time. So it starts with the enthusiastic beginner, they move through to being a disillusioned learner, they then move to be competent but cautious, and then finally they arrive with uh, support, obviously, to being a self-reliant achiever. Now, depending on where your, your people are at, will determine, therefore, what sort of situational leadership style that you actually use. So if you're, if you're with an enthusiastic beginner who is right now has a high level of confidence but not necessarily a high level of skill set or competence, then the role that we play as leaders in terms of a support mechanism is probably a little bit more one-dimensional in relation to giving them direction. So it's very going to be it's going to be very leader driven because you've got a low level of confidence, you might do some teaching, you might actually put some benchmarks together, you might even put some guidelines together and a process together and literally telling people what to do because what you need to be doing is, particularly if somebody's brand new to the organization and they haven't necessarily worked out how your team works and what the processes are, you've really got to give them some guidance and really look over their shoulder and make sure they're following the right processes so we can start developing the right habits. So as from a leadership point of view, you're going to find itself, it's not going to be too much of a two-way conversation. It's going to be very directional and very one-way. But once you get to a position where they've started to develop a, a slightly higher level of competence, you'll be starting to move and make the transition from being quite directional, which is S1, to S number two, which is where you're starting to do a bit more coaching. So you recognize that they're making some progress. They've developed a higher level of comp competence, and hopefully with that, a higher level of commitment or motivation. Although sometimes, as I said, when people go through this phase, they can find a drop in confidence, but this is why us as leaders need to be there supporting them and actually coaching them through that because this is a part of building trust and we're developing relationships with these with these people. So it'll still probably be quite of a one-way sort of conversation, but you will start to introduce more questions and you'll start to do a little bit more coaching and start to develop the habit of, of these people starting to develop a level of competency and independent thinking. So you'll be doing a bit more coaching here. Once they become a little bit more confident and competent, they move through into the competent but cautious phase where our role probably changes a little bit from coaching. We move into the S3 phase where it's going to be a little bit more supporting. We might be doing a bit more work together. It'll be more of a two-way sort of conversation, totally focused on the relationship. And a lot of the, dr the driving forward, a lot of the um, implementation will be actually led by the person in your team, not necessarily you as a leader. And so what you're starting to develop here is some competent people within your team and getting them to start to become more independent, more proactive, 
and they'll need less and less support the more and more they develop this level of competence, which, which sounds logical. Because ultimately, the, the final stage is where they move into being the self-reliant achiever. And as a leader, when we get to the support level number four, this is where we're doing a lot more delegating. Uh, the person has developed a high level of independence, therefore that's why they're called self-reliant. So from our point of view, they've got a high level of competence and they've got a high level of motivation and commitment, which means we're looking for opportunities to give them more and more opportunities to take on more responsibility. It might be extra projects, or this person may actually be a likely successor for you in your particular role. So this is the cycle that we go through. We go through from directing or telling people what to do because they need that, that I guess, that uh that process to follow. We then go through the phase where we're doing some coaching and helping them continue to develop that level of competence. We're then moving through where they're starting to develop a little bit more independence, where we're doing more support to finally get to the position where we're delegating and they're, they're fully empowered to do what they know they need to do because they, they've developed this self-reliance around, uh, around their role. Now, what's interesting, this can happen at a team level, but it of course also happen at an individual level. And at any one time, depending on the type of role, the type of situation, even when you've got somebody who you believe and has demonstrated that they've reached the self-reliant achiever stage, when something new has been introduced into the team, and it may well be there's a new methodology or there's a new, there's a new product or a new service we're trying to introduce or a new way of doing things, very quickly the person can go from being a self-reliant achiever and they can start slipping back into being uh, either competent but cautious or even a disillusioned learner. So this is why we as leaders have to continue to be on the lookout for where our team's at and be able to read the play, which is what the, uh, all, the emotional intelligence is all about, and knowing what the situation is, being really clear on what type of flexibility I need to demonstrate in the situation to make sure that I'm extracting the potential of that individual within my team to this fullest capacity. So one of the realizations that some of the guys today had on the on the program was they, in hindsight and with reflection, were being a little bit too one-dimensional in that they were trying to treat every single person in their team in the same way and not necessarily demonstrating the level of social awareness and seeing ideally where that particular person sits in relation to whether they have a high level of competence and a low level of confidence, for example. And so this was a real eye-opener for them because they realized that through being a little bit more flexible, through spending a bit more time analyzing where their team members were at, they could now adjust their leadership style to extract that potential and really fast-track the development, not only of the individuals within the team, but the team itself. And we know that when we continue to fast-track the development, we start to get results really, really quickly. And ultimately, the more we do that, and the utopia is we get everybody in the team to the self-reliant achiever status. And when that happens, again, there's another set of problems that exist because you're gonna have, again, a one-dimensional team and the team won't be big enough to hold the people in. So there has to be other opportunities created for these people. But it's a really great model for any leader to look at. So I suggest if you if you wanna know more about situational leadership, do yourself a favor and jump onto Google, go into YouTube and type in situational leadership. There's a stack of videos in there and there's a stack of material on the internet that you can read a little bit more detail on that really helps you dive deeper into this. But it's a phenomenal model to be able to look at from a leadership point of view and as a reminder, that the importance of being flexible around how we lead our team. So I just wanted to share that message because it's a really important concept that we talked about today and the guys got a lot of sense out of it and a lot of value out of the conversation that we had around that. So I trust that also is of value to you. And of course, a quick reminder before we wrap up for this particular episode, if you are committed to taking your leadership to the exceptional level and part of that is me helping you to become that self-reliant achiever on the situational leadership model, 
and therefore being an exceptional sales leader. Then let's work together one-on-one -on -one and help you do just that over the next three months. Simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits, and we'll jump on a Zoom call and talk about what the program looks like, and uh, we can get started as early as late this week, early next week. So I look forward to having that conversation. So with that said, have a phenomenal rest of your Tuesday, the 30th of March, and I look forward to talking to you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it, but also if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.